still. It, it, it's always <laughs> it was simultaneous like that, on this so. end. Yeah. Hey, folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the ambassador of common sense, and I'm here with Dan, the ambassador of nonsense. Welcome, everyone. And um, we we're we're a day late. No, two days late. Two days late, because usually we do it on Friday. I was going to ask you when you usually post those. If you post them on Mondays, then, you know, nobody would know we were late. No, I usually get it done, like, Saturday afternoon is usually when it gets actually on the thing. Yeah, so depending on your work schedule, you might, it might be more than two days late. Something, who knows. Um, All right. All right, are you you doing a beer? Yeah. Okay. Beer of the week this week is Elysian Space Dust IPA. Elysian is E L Y S I A N for anybody wanting to look it up. Uh, the uh, Elysian Brewing Company um, tagline appears to be beer, music, mischief. Uh, it's a pretty good, um, very hoppy IPA. Um, I think at some bars you might find that it's a little bit more expensive than their other standard beers. Um, but, uh, I'm having one while we, uh, do this recording and, and I'm having Folgers. You're having, you're having Folgers. <laughs> Folgers. My, all right. My normal drink. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Today we are talking about, uh, genetic, what? Genetic therapy? Genetic, genetic manipulation? Well, Manipulation, I think, is a good all-round word to to cover it because uh, I kind of wanted to explore questions of from a from a Christian moral point of view how much genetic manipulation um, and to to what degree and what kinds of genetic manipulation are acceptable um, because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of tempting good stuff that can be accomplished and then there's a lot of really bizarre stuff that can uh that can be done with the resulting knowledge and technology even if we pursue the good stuff um and so is this you know what comes to mind is things like you know the jules verne's uh island where these making all these different animals combined with people and um, oh, right. The Isle of uh, Dr. Moreau. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Something like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, so, but got, I mean, that's right. what you think of when you talk about when uh, that's always been what people thought of when we talked about DNA um, manipulation. I mean, those are the kinds right. of things it brings to mind. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, over the past 20, 30 years, we've we've come up with a whole new thing getting say uh bigger crops from a smaller space in the dirt or mm-hmm. uh growing corn that is not affected by certain uh herbicides well, it, uh, so that you can right. kill the weeds with roundup and the corn stays growing things like that right or That's corn what that doesn't uh doesn't taste good to cert- to insects for example so that you get right. you know less lost to that kind of thing. Exactly. And, and, and then you can, um, you can bring that into, uh, the animal world too. And, and for example, uh, by using genetic manipulation, maybe you can make, uh, let's say that you can make dogs, um, that have 
you know, other than just by crossbreeding, um, if you could like directly genetically manipulate a dog to be um, more obedient or less aggressive or any number of other things that you might want. Or maybe, or maybe some you... kind of enhanced uh, uh, ability, like the, the dog that might be able to smell a hundred times better than normal dogs. Then, or... Well, yeah, yeah. For example, you, you, you'd use those for drug dogs and stuff, right? Or bomb sniffers. And, of course, then we start talking about, well, what if we could make a dog that could grow a heart that would fit in a human and work right. in a human being? That's, right. A dog those are the or, kinds of you know, things a, they do. Yeah. and Or like a pig, for example. They use pigs for – they use pigs for a lot of of test – I guess pig tissue is very similar to human tissue in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so that's another – or so – so then what about humans, for example? Um, here's, here's something that, that has kind of intrigued me since I learned this. And, and I'm going to take a little bit of time setting this up. So when we talk about nutrition and uh, the different kinds of things that we have. So, you know, you talk about in your diet, you need to make sure you have some protein and that kind of stuff. Well, why do you need protein? You need protein because... There are certain amino acids that you require in order to create your own proteins that you can't generate by yourself. Those are called essential. When, when there's something your body needs in order to do its work and it isn't capable of creating it on its own, then that thing is called essential. So there are certain amino acids that are essential to humans. And so you need to make sure you, you, uh, get the proteins that contain those amino acids in your diet. And then your digestive process breaks those proteins down and then it can make use of the amino acids. Now think about vitamins. Uh, the definition of a vitamin is a chemical that it's not an amino acid, but it's needed in usually small amounts, um, for the survival of, of a, uh, of an animal or a person. Let me cut and, in here for a second. Okay. Uh, would a mineral be considered a vitamin, like iron, magnesium? Generally, no. Okay. And you'll see why in a minute. That Well, the, okay. the other part of it is that your body can't produce it on its own. So it could be. I mean, uh, I, think, I think vitamins are compounds are always compounds. So a mineral okay. would be like an element. And so that's why it wouldn't be a vitamin. But here's the thing that, that's interesting. Take, for example, vitamin C. Um, if you could produce vitamin C, it wouldn't be considered a vitamin because it would not be essential. You, you know, cause essential means you can't produce it yourself. Yeah. There are some mammals who can produce their own vitamin C. So that is something that, biologically is capable of being produced. Now, suppose we could find a section of our, um, you know, of, of our chromosomes that's not used for anything else, and we could splice in the genes necessary to cause us to produce the proteins that would produce vitamin C. Okay. So that we could make it so that humans are now capable of producing their own vitamin C. Vitamin C is no longer a, a vitamin. It's, you know, for humans, it's not needed anymore. And, and a whole lot of problems that come from not having enough vitamin C now go away. 
would that be morally acceptable from a Christian point of view? You, I guess you we're going to dig a lot into that. That's but the I, kinds of questions, yeah, that that I'm that I want to try to explore in this podcast and figure out. Well, how would you even figure out the morality of something like that? And then you know, to, those, that's where and and to actually accomplish it, you're going to have trials. Yeah, what do you try this on? Yeah, it has you got to find. A, eventually, it has to be a person. <laughs> There's going to be a first case human trial. Talking about a zygote, and that's a human being, right? And you're exactly. you're fooling around with them, and it's like, yeah, there's there's so many different branches that come off the subject. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I I do know people who who talk about. I mean, to me, it's a little over the top to say no MSGs. Anything, anytime we ever messed with something genetically. Um, we've made things worse and, um, we should go back to exactly what they were eating in, uh, the days, in the biblical days, uh, in the Old and, Testament. That's what we should eat. Well, for, and it's but, not possible. You know, does that include, like, not, you know, crossbreeding corn or anything like that? Right. Cause not With all of that was that? genetic manipulation. There's, just right, some some good of the or like, like dog breeds. Dog breeds are are artificial, um, and people just bred dogs in order to um, exaggerate. Uh, exaggerate's the wrong word, but in order to uh, to select certain traits that they wanted for different purposes. You've got worker dogs, uh, you've got guard dogs, um, companion now, dogs, and all that kind of stuff. The thing is that was originally rejected by the church. I not not uh dogmatically, but uh oh. you know I mean Mendel was experimenting with mice at first, wasn't he? He yeah, my did he do my he's the guy you always associate with the flowers and the the and stuff yeah. like that, the peas, right? Peas and stuff. Yeah. So so when he was certainly he would have tried his experiments on animals too. Well, so, he, so the church, what I remember frowned on uh, that mm -hmm. from like third grade was that he, uh, he started with mice and he was told he couldn't do mice because he was doing black and white mice and just, and, uh, that's when he switched to peas or beans or whatever he was doing. I don't know. Oh, if yep, yep, not. yep. You're right. Okay. Here it is. Other experiments under Wikipedia. Mendel began his studies on heredity using mice. He was at St. Thomas's Abbey, but his bishop didn't like one of his friars studying animal sex, so he switched to plants. <laughs> he also... <laughs> right? It wasn't that he was manipulating nature or anything. It's You don't need to it's be looking at like that sex all day. Animal sex. <laughs> he also bred bees in a bee house that was built for him um, after he designed a beehive. Okay. Uh, he also did some astronomy and meteorology. Okay, so not necessarily that the church frowned on the manipulation of the genetic natures of things. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> but, you know, all of that is still just, there's a point at which somebody could argue you're just taking nature and sort of using nature in a natural way to your own purposes. Yeah. 
and even then, if you're but, completely rearranging the DNA to create something that's never been created, uh, even if it's a whole new animal, you're still only manipulating nature. Well, that's exactly, and I think I think sometimes people miss that aspect of it that that when you manipulate DNA directly, it's not like you're doing something unnatural. It's not like you're you're controverting nature itself. You're still using nature to your own ends. Um, now, if what you're doing is, you know, if you're doing something like um, I don't know. I, I want to make a cow that, that is a carnivore. Okay. Well, cows, you could argue the part of the nature of cows is that they're herbivores. They eat grass and stuff like that. You, to make a yeah. cow that, that, that needs meat to eat, uh, and survive, um, in a certain sense is unnatural. So you would, you could make the point that that's not serving nature. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're making corn that is better able to withstand pesticides so that you get a stronger crop, you're serving nature by that genetic manipulation. Well, they, there's also the, uh, I, I think, I think they used goats, uh, and used and, and tried to, uh, manipulate the mammary glands so that the to produce goats, more milk. No. To produce uh, the silk that spiders make. Oh, wow! Spider thread. So you like you like milk goats for silk then? Yeah, because I think it is some sort of mammary gland in the spider that makes that thread, or something oh, like that. I, I'm okay. not a hundred percent sure because it's an insect. I didn't. I don't think they have mammary glands, but it's similar to a mammary gland. And they thought maybe we could get this goat to make uh silk interesting so things did like that happen they? and it it sound i i don't think they've succeeded yet otherwise we'd have oh, okay giant we'd have an overflow of silk i was gonna say silk would but, be cheap then <laughs> is, yeah is this silk is this silk worm produced or uh or goat produced <laughs> it'd be yeah. like you know how you got you got um Cultured pearls and versus uncultured pearls would be like, is this right? Is this goat silk or worm silk? <laughs> Aside from that, the the silk itself is a very strong uh, product, and mm, right. So right. they could use if it. You, had, it might if have you could industrial make purposes. A giant silk thread. I mean, it, it'd be or yeah. You can think of billions of, of things that could happen out of that. Um, right. The question is, are you, is, was it sinful to, uh, really mess with nature that much? And I see on the one hand, offhand, I just say, no, it's not. We're, we're taking what God gave us. We're changing it a little bit and, mm -hmm. uh, so that we can use it for different things. Um, but when you look at some of the fruits of this that actually have happened, for example, uh, making these turkeys with breasts that are so big that the turkey itself can't really walk around and, and function as a turkey would. Oh, because... I, I think I, I heard about that in a better documentary. Meat. I haven't okay. seen more meat. So you've got right. a turkey. It's basically... It, it's going to be raised in one small section because it can't... Uh, can't go anywhere. Yeah. And, and right. Uh, right. 
uh, Jason told me about a documentary. He saw that, and I, it it kind of uh, hold on. Sorry, I got busy with something. Um, it 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 kind of disgusts you the the thought of doing that and having these birds that are raised that way. I know they're animals, and I know they don't have rights, but it seems against God's plans to make something like that. Yeah, that's exactly. So there's it's it's well, and honestly, the the uh, it's kind of gross to think about a goat producing silk thread. <laughs> yeah. In the same way, it'd be like um, Spider Man, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. Remember when uh, we would uh, go out and milk the goats, and our friends would come out and be standing there. We'd just squirt them real quick with the yeah. We just go, tea, yeah. you know <laughs> milking the well, goats. Okay, wait a minute. Whoosh, Did you I ever? Gotcha. <laughs> Here's milk in your eye. Did you? <laughs> uh. Uh. I have to admit, I I did this. Did did you ever go ahead and and sample the milk like right there, just squirt into your I mouth? I have, and it was so warm that it disgusted me. I oh really? <laughs> Didn't yeah, do it it's anymore. Like, oh my gosh, there's warm milk. It, I don't. First, it, it yeah. I mean, I've done it a few times, um, but it... <laughs> it's just one of those. If you're a boy, uh, you do you, you know, try it out. <laughs> you're gonna try it. <laughs> But, but um, yeah, much more common to squirt somebody who's standing right there. <laughs> we are still talking about animals. And it, I, I think if you're a scientist and you did do such a thing, I I don't know if I'd be able to say that, uh, well, I don't know if I'd be able to objectively call that sinful. Right, right. Is is there a, what is the, um, the, the standard by which you would judge it as evil versus just uncomfortable for people's, you know, sensibilities. Right. Um, you know, it, and that I think that kind of goes into the question of how you view the responsibility we have towards the creation that that God gave us. I mean, right. It, you know, the stewards, scripture says which... we were made, we were given dominion over all the animals. Yeah. Right. And, and so there's, we have a lordship over creation that was given to us by God. Does that mean that we can manipulate it on, you know, increasingly specific levels? I, you know, when we crossbreed animals, we're doing genetic manipulations. We're just doing it with a fairly crude level right. of instrumentation. That's one way to look at it. So but if we have a very precise instrument, take does that, that necessarily further, make it wrong? Um, mm-hmm. When you're, I mean, if you want the best breed that you can obtain, generally, um, you know, if you're doing either show dogs or show horses or show cattle, um you are not going to bring your heifer to a bull. You're going to buy some uh, bull sperm. Oh, yeah, yeah. You they, they uh, right. They, when, you, it, when you're really into show animals, you, I mean, usually they, you don't breed them. You uh, have them impregnated. Yeah, right. So when you when that crosses over into the human territory you're already sinning at that point when you're well that's when true you're, when you're manipulating nature that much for a human being you 
if you're say artificial insemination, you've already crossed the line. Right. But let me propose this. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to present one idea that I read about, I want to say 25 years ago uh-huh. and then extend it a little bit. So once upon a time, I read about some at the time still very developmental. And I don't know whether it's still in, you know, a, a line of exploration at this point or whether this is something that turned out to be a dead end, but an idea for certain kinds of brain cancer treatments that involved manipulating a cold virus, a coronavirus, um, in a way that caused the virus to be very specific in the cells that it would attack, uh, that it would invade, to match the cancerous aspects of this particular kind of brain cancer. And so you would then, um, you know, you'd, you'd have to do a biopsy in order to to get a little bit of tissue to produce a certain number of these viruses. And then you would just invect, inject the patient with the viruses and those viruses would invade. And because the how a virus works, it always kills the cell that it invades. Yeah. And kill all of the uh, cancerous cells of this particular kind of brain cancer. So you've got a, a mechanism there for specificity of viral invasion and that kind of stuff. What if you could create a virus that did not actually destroy the cell it invaded, but instead managed a replacement of some, you know, of some DNA or, you know, a, a splicing of some DNA or something like that. So you say, oh, okay, we're going to make this so that this virus, uh, will, will inject you. We'll use your cells to, to, you know, manufacture the virus. And then once we have it, we'll inject you. you. You might be a woman or you might be a man. And then let's say, you know, you're a man or let's say you're a woman. That, that, that would be more applicable to this kind of scenario. So we inject you with this virus and the virus targets your egg cells. Because a woman is born with all the egg cells that she's going to mm-hmm. release throughout her life. It targets your egg cells and it does this particular genetic manipulation so that your children are now going to have this quality. Okay, so you didn't have to to go into that, you know, semination, in vitro, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did you cross a line there? Is is there, you know... Right now, the the thinking of the church is that genetic therapy of that sort where you're manipulating the genes of the parent of the the of the, the person the sexual cells yeah. of the person that mm-hmm. is going to affect the next generation they are calling that illicit morally illicit okay um, i would and probably from a from a point of view of 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 catholic scientists and um and researchers it it sounds like they're taking the cautionary line of we barely uh are beginning to understand some of the mechanisms involved in this anything right. you do could have unseen consequences 
that you you won't realize. In fact, I you know you you could. That's kind of what they something. pointed out in the documents that I read. It's like mm-hmm. you have no idea what this is going to do, and you're you're playing with someone's life here. That that child born uh, is it's a it's going to be a person when it's a person, uh, and and it never you've manipulated their genes before they ever had a chance to even uh, consent to it. Which right. is another part of it because there's no consent on the part of the child. And since the child does not exist yet, then you couldn't call it really therapeutic because there is no defect yet. Right. You know? And I mean, you're and, not fixing anything because right. nothing exists yet. You're, 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 you're hypothetically enhancing something maybe. Yeah, that's, I mean, usually when people think about this kind of stuff, that's usually, I mean, there's the one hand of, of maybe avoiding diseases, but, um. Well, that's what, yeah, like you might be enhancing certain kinds of immunities or something like that. If you could avoid diseases this way, it, it's not very, it's not a, it doesn't seem like to be a huge step to go ahead and start enhancing other things that doesn't seem like we should be enhancing. Yeah. So okay. Wait a minute. Well, I I want to make sure all of my kids are are going to be you know ha, yeah, have a good chance of being Gattaca you know and... six six feet tall or taller. Um, I want my kids to have a you know I, I want to make sure all, all of my kids have blue eyes, even though I and my wife both have brown or something like that. You know, or vice versa. Have, as you're doing this, you the only way to find the, there's no way you could know for sure. You'd have to experiment. And there's a number of lives that you potentially destroyed while experimenting. And the question, another question might be, let's say other people, non-Catholics, have already done all the experimenting. Now we know that if we do this, the child coming out of that will not get cancer. Is it okay then? Right. And, and let's even assume that not only that, but let's assume that we've been able to perform equivalent um, manipulations and experiments on on animals of various kinds. Let's assume that that um, mammal genetic manipulation in order to accomplish specific outcomes, specific immunities, and so on and so forth is old hat, even though yeah. it's not done regularly on humans yet. And then... Some, let's say, non-Catholics, okay. you know, like this guy using the. So the if, CRISPR, you know, if the we've guy done it, we knew how this, to right? do it for all kinds of animals. Now we're just taking what we've known all along and maybe just changing one little thing in the human. Uh, for humans, right? Yeah. So, okay, at that point, is it is it like no, you you don't mess with human DNA directly at all, or is it okay? Yeah, there's there's a point at which you might, as long as you've understood everything, you know, because we use medicine, we we introduce chemicals right. into human bodies and and all that kind of stuff. We give babies, you know, little isn't drops there, of Tylenol uh, and whatever. Isn't there something they can do for spina bifida uh, in a? I thought it was. Uh, I know there's an operation they can. There's an operation. Do yeah, on they a can, fetus. They can, yes, they can operate on a fetus. With with, but it's an operation, right? It's not it's not any kind of uh, gene manipulation, right? Right. Okay. 
I I don't know why I was thinking that that was uh had something to do with DNA, but um but what if I mean what if you had let's 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 think about this for a minute. What if you could come up with a manipulation, a a protein that was capable of identifying and then if it's there fixing, but if it's not there doing nothing, identifying and fixing the genetic defect that causes Down's syndrome. Right. Would it be okay to say, okay, um, you know, a woman's just found out, you know, she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and deliver the serum that contains the, you know, whatever necessary delivery mechanisms that are there are that would allow this to make its way into the developing embryo. And if there's cells, you know, if, if, if down syndrome is there, repair all the cells, repair all the, the, you know, the, the chromosomes that are off. There's, I think there's like one chromosome that doesn't yeah. have a second part or something like that. I forget exactly what it is. And, and that causes down syndrome. But generally when I, when I try to figure, when I think about these things and think about, um, you know, how far a person can go, I would, I would say, all right, could you do that? What if you could do that same thing with an operation? Would it be okay? And I'd say, yeah, it would be okay to do. I know that Mm -hmm. when created, this person had Down syndrome and that's the way God created them. But if you could fix it with an operation, of course you would. Yeah. So why not fix it with some sort of DNA manipulation? Uh, but again, we're going back to, um, right now in our time, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna cause a lot of death before you're able to do that. Right. And, right. So reaching that point and reaching the, uh, point where we can do this stuff safely, it's sinful to get to that point. Well, let's, let's go kind back of. to that. Yeah, let me play a devil's advocate here. Let's let's suppose, and and, and I, a part of the problematic aspect of this is that you've you've got people who don't want to observe hard lines. But suppose, just for the sake of argument, that you draw a hard line between humans and other mammals, and you say, okay, research for the sake of just for the sake of developing two things: the knowledge. And the technology of genetic manipulations. No problems as long as it's strictly non-human animals. Yeah. Is I, there I a mean, pro, is there a pro, is there a moral problem with that? Or is there a no. point at which we say, well, wait a minute, you know, these, these animals, okay, as animals, they don't have rights in the way humans have rights, but gosh, we're using them in ways God never intended. Is there, is there some level on which we say no. We, we even in the in the pursuit of knowledge, we we shouldn't be using God's creatures this way. I'm inclined See, to say no. That that if you could observe that hard line, that you would be okay as long as you weren't. I mean, it would be more of a specific interior. You know, you've got like the mad scientist who wants to do mm-hmm. every kind of bizarre thing, not for the sake of developing knowledge, but for the sake of showing how bizarre he can be. Okay, there, you know, that, that's, that to me is, okay, you, you, you've got moral problems here, but it has to do with the person rather than with the specific things that he's doing. If we got really good at manipulating these things, 
uh, first of all, there would be companies who, hey, we'll develop this uh, three-headed uh, dog for you and make things like that. And it's... Yeah. Is there a moral, um, what would you call it, a, a moral hazard to that where... On the one hand, there's the pursuit of the knowledge and the capabilities, but is there this idea that uh, we risk getting people so used to the idea of these natural aberrations that it becomes a small step to start saying, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, make a three-headed I'm gonna man. Do it at, I'm gonna do it in myself," and then that becomes a small step to, "Oh, you know, I, I, I you know." work out fine with a third arm i'm going to give my kid a third arm you know what, what I'm, I'm being extreme and absurd right. but is is there that kind of moral hazard that itself would make the manipulations themselves immoral to allow even in other mammals i think those hazards exist but i i don't know if you could draw a hard line anywhere mm-hmm. and the hard line certainly isn't that you cannot manipulate dna that's yeah exactly i can't i mean you know i mean if you're uh well let's go back to breeding um look it's wrong to breed people and right. we know all about breeding and we know that yeah. if you want an animal like this your chances of getting that animal are better if you do this but you can't do that with people right However, uh, a good-looking man does naturally go after good-looking women, not just because she's pleasing, but whenever you're looking for a, 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 a mate, you you keep in mind that kids are going to come out of this. Yeah. So uh, if you're young, healthy, good-looking person, and even if you fall in love with someone who has certain problems— you might decide not to get married specifically because you know those problems could be handed down to the kids. Right. If right. this girl has uh, Down syndrome runs in her family, I don't know if that's something that runs in people's family, but you go to her family reunion and there's like 10 people with Down syndrome, you're you certainly going to think twice. About, uh, I, yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But still, uh, we do know that there's, lines you don't cross you don't breed people you don't uh take you don't take an egg and look for the healthiest egg and then look for the healthiest sperm put them together and then put it back into a woman that's right the church is you yeah and i don't be think allowed we've to do that, said that that in itself is uh and, and we haven't we haven't said this yet but that is not allowed that's a mortal sin just yeah. as much as contraception is a mortal sin in vitro fertilization is a mortal sin. Um, and even if it's not in vitro, uh, you know, like you pointed out, okay, when, when you breed animals, you know, if, if you've got a, um, a show horse, you don't take that or a, a show cow, you don't take the, the cow to a bull. You buy some right. sperm. That's, that's a mortal sin for humans. Right, but it is okay it's, for animals. It's not allowed. It's perfectly okay. Actually, our dog was actually bred that way. Really? Um, yeah, but what? You, why? Well, it's not I don't like know, you, cause the, cause you the, show dogs or anything. You don't. What do you get I out know, of that? But, 
I well, would do it I'm, just because I don't it's th- interesting. I don't but. do show dogs, but but it's it's the breed, you know. Terry wanted it's. He's a good dog. I mean, he's really smart. It's, hmm. um, but uh, anyway, it just happens to be that you know. How much it, does that uh, cost? I don't know. It's I'm. It's what did we pay? I mean, we paid more for him than I think people should pay for a dog. But um, no, I mean to have that done. Oh, because I because no I'm probably going to get goats again, and I'm thinking. For breeding, I might just do that. Oh, I don't know. You know, the, the, the to problem me, is you I do think it the every cost. Year. What do you mean you got to do it every year? Oh, if you you're have raising to, dairy goats, the, yeah, and you, you need to take them out. You to, yeah, you got to keep that year. milk going. Right, that's right. And then you got to figure out what to do with the kids. And then you um, got to figure out is it worth it? Because I've never looked into how much it costs to do that. That's true. That's true. Um, I honestly, I bet it's not all that expensive. The uh, you know, but the, you did the, it. So how much was it? Well, we didn't do it. The the person. No, no, it's not that. We bought our puppy oh. from someone who did that. Okay, I misunderstood. We didn't have I that you done. Had your dog bread. I was going to oh, say no, that's no, weird. no, 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 no. We we bought a puppy from someone who it. did it that way. That's yeah. No, no, no. That's. <laughs> I got a friend okay. who got uh, part of his job included extracting uh, bull semen <laughs> okay wait a minute the, like just like um what's his name on malcolm in the middle uh, yeah yeah okay wow that's i didn't i guess that is a real job somebody's got to do it yeah i mean they got to get it somehow and uh there's really only one way to do it and that's what you do <laughs> and it's so, exactly okay, wait, what you're thinking so, so like they i mean okay that i would have thought that they would just <laughs> I would have thought they would just have like, um, I think you clamp a little thing on there, but you could use like some kind of device, but it's easier just to think of the easiest way to do it. I would have thought they'd have, have, have like, like imitation cows out in the pasture. They don't, that's not a real thing. Okay. All right. Not that I know of, but that's not how he did it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, so, yeah, these things I, I are all okay with animals, and yeah, it, it's, it's even in it, it's common mm-hmm. in society at this point. Yeah, that never did develop in. Well, no, I take that back. Uh, breeding the way you think that that Hitler wanted to do that never became a thing in our society. We don't do no. that, as did far as we, we know. Do we don't that? know what the heck they're doing in China. Well, yeah, no, but but what I I mean. Did we do that with in in American history? Did slave owners do that? I would think that they did, but I don't know. I mean, it's I mean, you, know, you hear stories about, but I don't. I don't know if you could. If I don't there's even any know, documented here, cases, right? But I don't even stories. It would even be too strong a word. There was a, um, I don't know something like when when we were kids, there was something about um claiming that that black people were like better at sports because back in the slavery days they were bred for strength and endurance i don't know yeah. if that's real or if that's even a thing i, I don't think it is i think I, I think that's an urban legend okay um but because i know that a lot of slaves were permitted to marry yeah but there but were there were there were families that were split up because yes. of the slave trade you know and i'm so you sure had a that husband there were and wife and they yeah, you sell the husband up the river, or is it down the river? I can't remember. Yeah, whichever. Had, 
Um, I mean, that happened. So there's yeah. human beings being split up. But, um, but you know, the thing is, when you talk about breeding humans, that's the kind of thing you're talking about. You're talking about right. the idea of, of human beings being yours to breed. But the of, problem of is treating it, them like it, property. If you think about it, it does happen. It is happening right now, not in a sense a, a woman who suddenly decides she wants a child, even though she doesn't have a husband, she goes shopping for sperm. Yeah. Picks a husband and out of a catalog. Yeah. Um, so They're that just... next step of manipulating human DNA to do uh, grotesque things, it is real and it does exist. I don't know if that makes uh, the knowledge and the use of that kind of stuff on animals any worse. Yeah. Is it kind of like, um, you, you know, as, as a analogy, although a potentially much more grotesque analogy, you could think of uh, modern communications technology and its connection with, say, the porn industry. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we're using communications technology to do this podcast and hopefully get people informed and excited about the Catholic faith and so on and so forth. Right. Um, but the very technology that allows us to do that is used by uh, pornographers to distribute their, you know, their material and is used by Satan to make that available to everybody. It, so is this, is it kind of, is it like that? Or is there an even stronger connection when it comes to the, like the genetic manipulation stuff? I think it is like that. Only the, uh, I guess the, I want to, I want to say the greater the good that could be gotten, the worse the bad that could also be gotten. But I don't think it's even that. It seems like the more specific the good we're going after, the mm, more mm -hmm. the more uh, potential for evil there is. You know I, that that makes a lot of sense. There, there, because to accomplish the good, I mean. You know, morally speaking, in terms of our decisions and our behaviors, we're, we're called to serve the good. But in serving the good, we strive to accomplish the good. And the greater good that can be accomplished and the more, like you said, more specific good that can be accomplished requires a greater and a more minute control over nature. It requires a greater exercise of that dominion right. that that god gave us and he gave us that dominion in our free will and made us lords of the animals basically reiterated our dominion mm -hmm. over the animals after the fall even though we had sinned yeah you know i think it's one of those things that it's like uh the it's like the the um atomic uh oh right atomic uh, power versus atomic yeah i mean we what? we could do really great things with that uh knowledge uh, of oh. knowing how to use the atom right we can do really great things but it, it is pretty darn specific how to get energy out of this tiny 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 little thing yeah uh, but the 
I mean, we destroyed an entire city with one bomb. Yeah. The yeah. the potential for evil is just immense. And you know the weird thing is that we haven't used it since then for that purpose. That's kind of astounding, isn't it? That, that, I mean, that, yeah, yeah. We've never actually... As many uh, bad people have there been in the world who who seems like would use it. Uh, yeah, we've managed yet, to avoid that. Used. That's right. That's right. I not not that uh, you know. I I think the I think the various treaties to try to reduce its um, its presence and certainly to yeah. to keep it from spreading. I think those have had a, a, you know, have helped. Yeah. Hi. My granddaughter's here. I got to say goodbye. Oh, Want a okay. big hug? Mm, bye-bye. Okay. Um, I, I, anyway, I, I, I think it's like, it's one of those things you just kind of lament. Um, there's nothing we could do to stop the nuclear age. Yeah. Uh, it it's was here, coming. And, and, and it's going to be a threat. Uh, you know, it's and always it going to be one of those things that is. It wasn't wrong to find this, uh, stuff. Right. It, right. it wasn't, the knowledge wasn't wrong to go after, but it's a shame because we know that somewhere, somehow, it's going to be used for bad. Not only the knowledge, but the technology, for example, yeah. you know, to create nuclear power stat plants and stuff like that. Yeah. I, and I, I, I think it's probably the same with genes, and there's an awful lot of good that can come out of it, but uh, it is going to be used for some pretty bad things. Uh, the question is, and I, I guess this is where most people kind of, I think this is what most people feel. At some point, God's going to say, all right, that's enough. And it's going to, it's going to, uh, I think a lot of people thought that the coronavirus was that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people which, thought that this was an experiment gone bad and it almost destroyed the whole world, which it didn't even come Kind of ridiculous to, to even it, it think was, of it in those terms. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, I think our Pope <laughs> thinks that the coronavirus is that. Yeah, I read a couple of quotes he had on that and it's like, he is like way out in left field on some things. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, if, if you, if you want to write it, my, you remember my, um, what I said at the beginning about a, using a cold virus to target, um, brain cancer. Yeah. Uh, well, you'd have to test that out and you'd have to develop that in a laboratory. Uh, you could write a science fiction book about a, a coronavirus that was, let, let, you know, that, Got loose from a similar kind of a thing as a you know. Well, as I think an a lot of people think this, that what the, that's what this is because there's still a lot. I mean, there's some people denying it, but there's more and more people saying this. Our uh, COVID nineteen was made in a lab. Mm, that's interesting. I I don't know how to know. Uh, you know, if I read people who say it was and people who say it couldn't have been and so forth, I don't know how to know. You know what's real I, and what isn't you know what i mean i'm not sure but i think people are uh going back to our 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 i think the evidence stems from finding patient zero oh the first is there the first we know person patient zero? That, some people say we do some people say we don't 
I mean, I, I, I we as kind because of because it happened in China. Because it's in it, who in, knows? Yeah, if they say, "Hey, here's patient zero, who knows what what you know right. whether to believe them or not?" Because it's yeah. China. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, I guess. No, I think what you're we're right. We're saying though. at it's, this point is know. that manipulation of DNA is not. It's not inherently evil. It's not inherently evil. It ought to be. A, it would be evil to ignore the power behind it when yeah, doing so certainly. with with animals and then especially with people if we ever get to the point where we know enough to do it confidently with people. Yeah. Um, you know, a, another thing you get into at that point is things like cloning. And remember Dolly, the sheep? Yeah, the sheep. How many years mm-hmm. ago was that? Oh. Um, they're not mass producing animals this way anywhere that I know of. No. Certainly not people. That was the fear back then. You know, that's the kinds of things people would bring up. Uh, that right. the science fiction shows of the time was all yeah. about cloning uh, the Matrix type of stuff. And mm-hmm. even for animals, that never developed. Yeah, it's it's still not a. Yeah, the, the, I guess it's possible for them to. Um, well, you know, the problem is. I think the process of doing so is so um, involved that it's not economically viable. To right. Do that. There's no reason because uh, you could just take them out and breed them and then you'd have yeah, a new sheep. More of the but, same kind of breed, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm thinking of the like the movie The Boys from Brazil. You remember that one? Yeah, um, yeah. Gregory and, you know, Peck, interestingly, that's, that's one of the few cloning movies that that kind of got at least got the process right because people think of cloning uh, in terms yeah. of um you remember the movie with michael keaton called multiplicity uh i didn't see it it's a stupid movie the guy has okay. he, he was like he was having trouble balancing his home life and his work life he was a workaholic had a, a loving wife and a family and and he's a and so somebody approached him and said, hey, I can make another one of you to handle your stuff at work so you can spend more time with your wife. Yeah, so he did, okay. And, and then another – and then it gets people think of, of cloning like that. Yeah. But, but even – with the boys of Brazil, he, even uh, – I remember in the description of the process, they even, uh, they even said something to the effect that um, identical twins are more alike than these clones. Because they grew up in the same environment, and right. that was part of this part of the story was trying to recreate the same life sequences, the life events to that make it affected Hitler. Hitler. By the way, everybody, the boys from Brazil is a science fiction story about a group to clone Hitler and and then plant his clones in various places to be raised. And part of the story is is that they needed to recreate the life events that occurred to to Hitler, in the hopes that another Hitler would arise out of it. Um, yeah. And one of those life events was his the you know his losing his father when he was what maybe sixteen seventeen or I forget how no, old I think he was. It was even younger. It was like twelve or thirteen. It was twelve or thirteen? Okay, and. Um, and so they were going around killing the, 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 the fathers of these boys that were being the, these clones of Hitler that were being raised. But the point is, at least it acknowledged that cloning doesn't mean you, you know, pop out an adult 
equivalent. Yeah, it's not know, like Star days. Wars with uh, uh, Boba Fett, you know, making a whole bunch of Boba Fetts. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you got to raise them. But from I, infancy, the point is that it, it ne- those kinds of things never started happening. But as we right. said, um, things like artificial insemination that did start happening. And it yeah. is to the point where where babies have become kind of a commodity, and, and exactly. So there that you, you can already buy and have, sell. We don't have slavery, but you're effectively buying babies when you use artificial insemination. I mean, you're treating yeah. children as a commodity rather than as a gift that flows out of the natural union of a man and woman. So I guess so, I don't. Yes. I guess that doesn't really get us any closer to whether or not it's okay to do this stuff with animals. But it's pointing out that uh, it will happen if, as we develop these things and as we get better at it, there they will, will be misused. There is bigger potential of evil, yeah, and it the, will happen because right. people are Every, evil. I guess. Sometimes. I guess a, a way to look at that though is that every gift God has given us. We have the potential, and and within the human race, there are those who will misuse it. And this won't be any exception. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't accept and use the gift, the gift in this case being our capacity to develop knowledge and, and technology and so forth. Um, and God created us and keeps us knowing that we're going to knowing that as a as a race his you know, we're going to have people who abuse his gifts but he yeah. doesn't withhold his gifts because of that the thing is ultimately that he's in charge anyway the the abuse of these kinds of gifts um the more technological you get the kind of abuse that could occur is more obvious to any right thinking human being yeah exactly um, i mean any right-thinking human being would have thought, no, you can't buy and sell babies. And that's going on, and it's accepted by some people, um, even though it's so obviously wrong. Right. And um, I think as as we learn more about DNA, the kinds of things that, that we think are is kind of ludicrous that people would actually do – one of the problems is our culture develops in a way that it, it becomes more and more. Right now, if someone developed a kid with four arms, you would say you, that's just oh, grotesque. That's it's so yeah. wrong to do that. Yeah. But I don't think just because of the way we do things in our in in our little world, it it might very well get to a point where it's not a big deal, or at least yeah. where we recognize it as wrong, but it. Uh, People will just kind of look away the way they did with uh, with uh, petri babies. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, yeah, because developing a kid with four arms, all right. But uh, what if at some point you develop a kid with with arms and a set of wings? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's grotesque and weird, but look, he can fly now. Yeah. I right. You know. It... Yeah, I guess. That's probably about, that's probably as far as we could go on the subject at this point because there's so yeah, much that we I think don't so. know. Um, so I guess we'll, from there we'll start moving into the news, which there's surprisingly little. 
I have a few things, but before we completely leave the subject of, of DNA, I I'm going to take, uh, and, and this isn't DNA, it's, it's proteins. Um, I, I'm going to say a few words about people like to think that DNA is the big God buster. Like, for example, yeah. they'll, they'll say, oh, well, you know, evolution obviously happened and, and there's no reason to think that God had anything to do with it. And they'll say something stupid like human DNA is, you know, 80% the same as the DNA in a carrot or something. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. Ridiculous yeah. like that. So I don't know how many people really understand the way things work, but almost everything that goes on inside of cells relies on proteins. There are proteins that break apart the two parts of the strand of DNA in order to allow RNA to form from them. There are proteins who cause that RNA to be used to assemble new proteins from amino acids. There are proteins that produce certain amino acids. There are proteins that double check for RNA transcriptions and correct them if they're wrong. There are proteins that, that do everything. And a lot of those basic life, you know, necessitating those, those life support proteins for basic cellular, cellular processes, mm -hmm. they're the same. You know, the, the, a, um, a polymerase protein is a polymerase protein. They're pretty much the same. And here's the thing. Every single one of those proteins is produced from RNA. That's a transcription of DNA. So, of course, your DNA is going to be, in many, many cases, the same as that of a carrot or a frog or whatever. Yeah. Because so many of those biological processes rely on the proteins that come from that very same DNA. But here's another thing, and this is, this is where I'm going to step into my ambassador of nonsense because this is kind of fun to think about as a bit of nonsense. You know those, those people who talk about reincarnation, uh, with people who have like these weird memories of things that yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, you know, I remember stuff from a past life and that kind of thing. Um, proteins are chains of amino acids that mechanically fold up in a certain way and the way they fold up is what kind of determines what they do they're they're almost like mini like nanoscale machines that that operate mechanically on other molecules and stuff like that and mm -hmm. once in a while you can get a protein that gets folded in a slightly suboptimal way and we call that a prion and it used to be believed that, <clears throat> excuse me, that all prions were bad biologically. And in fact, prions are the source of, um, very horrible things like mad cow disease. Because what they do is, okay. and, and I think this mainly occurs in neurological tissue, but when a prion, um, encounters a protein of a similar type, the prions tend to cause the other proteins of the same amino acid sequence to refold in their suboptimal way. And so now they can't do their job anymore. And so you, that's why, you know, they talk about, you know, your brain turning into Swiss cheese. It's, 
it's like these these prions are kind of going out and making other prions of what were healthy proteins and eventually the you know processes break down and and you have something horrible like mad cow disease but they've actually been discovering that there seem to be certain natural processes that rely on prions that rely on this alternate folding of the amino acid sequence of proteins i have a theory that human memory the 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 brain part of human memory makes use of prions and that sometimes when people have these weird memories of old lives, they somehow consumed and got into their bodies uh, in a way that didn't break them down to, into amino acids and ended up getting into their brains. Prions that represented memories from other past people. Now, this is just a hypothesis. what deja vu is. Well, that would be interesting, too. Like a, uh, like, like. If there's a stage of a memory being fresh and somehow that, you know, those, those same prion yeah. proteins, you know, came back around or something. But, but again, this is just a hypothesis. It's not strong enough to, to be called a theory or, or certainly something that, yeah, I really think this is what happens, but it's kind of like one of those what if sort of things, yeah. you know? Because some of the some of the things that people have reported remembering are pretty freaky in terms of their accuracy, um, but you know maybe there's a explanation for this on the biological level. Yeah, uh, you never know with these things. Yep. Anyway, I, I only understood a little bit of what you said, but <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, well, let's turn to some current events. <laughs> All right. Uh... Okay, have you have you heard much about the protests in Hong Kong? Uh, no. How much do you know about it? Pro- protests in Hong Kong? I didn't realize there were protests in Hong, Go- Hong well, Kong. Well, there were some protests in Hong Kong because uh, China had taken over Hong Kong and they're losing their 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 independence economy. Oh, um, so and when Reuters got a Pulitzer Prize for breaking news photography. Mm-hmm. For its coverage of the protests in Hong Kong, which I, I nobody even knows about the protests in Hong. What what did they break? I don't understand that one at all. Let's see, the Fugitive Offenders Amendment Bill by the Hong Kong government. Oh, okay. So that yeah, this this like within the last year. Anyway, I it just it it surprises me that they got a Pulitzer Prize for reporting it, and I bet they didn't report it accurately. The, the kinds of things they're giving yeah, Pulitzer Prizes for. Right. Uh, they gave that that guy at, where is it, CNN for breaking the story about the the dossier, the uh, the Trump dossier for the, uh, the, the uh, hookers peeing on the bed. Oh. Those okay, guys I'm got sorry. a Pulitzer <laughs> Never heard about that Price. one. You did hear about Trump, the dossier on Trump, record, reporting that he had hired prostitutes to urinate on a bed because Obama had slept on it at one point. No, I didn't hear about that. How could you not hear? That's what the whole Russia investigation was over, is the Trump dossier. I know. Well, I know about the Trump dossier. Well, it was the, used. the thing that was put together by the... It was hired... 
by the Democrats as a, to try yeah. to, as a weapon against Trump. Um, they hired this, this British guy, right? To, to put the, the dossier together. I didn't know it involved an accusation of hookers peeing on beds. Yeah, it did. Uh, they call it the golden showers story, even though it, that's technically not what golden that. showers is. Um, that's so stupid. Huh. Anyway, no, not, the people quote uncovering it got a Pulitzer prize for it and it's like I, I guess they hand those things out for anything I, I don't even so. know why I brought it up it's just that was in the news that Reuters wins the uh, Pulitzer Prize um, I guess for having a photograph of something that's going on huh yeah so we've got we've got unemployment at 14.7 and the government is going to borrow three trillion dollars for the second quarter oh man uh which is five times more than the previous record. I, wow. I don't know about these things. When they talk about the government borrowing money, who who are we borrowing money from? They talk about selling bonds usually. Selling bonds. And yeah. like places so like what happens trying to buy the bonds, right? So what if we just said we're not going to pay it? Well, but the thing is, who's you know, other governments will step up and buy those bonds. China, for example. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. China so has we end up a owing, lot of these bonds. So we end up owing China. Uh, our government owes China money, and then China will try to leverage that for things. Right. But what if our government just said, you know what? We're not going to pay you. I keep hearing about these stories about how the overspending is going to affect everyone. And I've been hearing it since I was a kid. And the stories get wilder and wilder, but nothing, none of this stuff ever happens. Right. And I have to wonder, what if... I mean, there's nothing to stop the U.S. government, federal government from saying, you know what, uh, we're not going to take part in this debt anymore. We're, we're uh, going to forgive our own debt. Well, the what problem, exactly could happen if that the, happened? The problem then is that if the government ever needed to borrow money again, it wouldn't have any um, credibility to, to sell the bonds. Yeah. It, it's, it's like... It's the, like it's kind of like the the you know it, it's kind of like the 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 mobster loan shark who goes easy on somebody who can't pay his debts back. Well, now everybody thinks right. they can get away with not paying. You know, it's that kind of a thing yeah. in reverse. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, they they're planning to borrow three trillion dollars. I oh, man, everything is so bad right now, but it's not bad. People don't know how bad it is yet. I don't. I, I don't think anyone's aware of how poor we are yet Mm -hmm. as a culture because it it hasn't hit. Nobody's run out of food yet. But I I just, I have a feeling that's coming. Yeah, yeah. Is there going to be where, okay, it doesn't matter that you even have a job still because you're not going to find food at the grocery market. Yeah, I I mean, you talk to anyone who went through the Great Depression, even Dad. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a kid during the tail end of the Great Depression, yeah. but he even remembers how bad it was. And if you would talk to Grandma, mm-hmm. um, everything they did in their lives, in their later lives, was uh, kind of protecting reflective that. of that happen. Yeah, of that's, what happened? That's why they had easily six months of salary in a savings account, for example, stuff like that. And they would guard it like hounds, you know? I mean, you, yeah. you didn't touch that. That's savings. 
Right. Like, most people today don't even know what a savings is. They didn't say, oh, wait, you know, we can go get a new car with this. No. It was, uh, the Great Depression was bad enough that everybody was affected by it. And everybody mm-hmm. who went through it remembers it. And it determined how they would act the rest of their lives. Yeah. We're not anywhere close to that yet. Even though unemployment is down over uh, 14.5%. It seems like something's going to come out of this. Something really bad. I don't know what. But uh, I don't think we're... Even if they open the country again tomorrow, I don't think we're out of the woods. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I, uh, that's a scary thought. Um, speaking of opening the country again, we should mention here the... Uh, montage that we made and put on youtube and i will link to from the website yep go check it out about some getting some, back to uh, work and yeah essential workers <laughs> yeah it's a uh um i don't know quite how to describe it but it's it's worth a watch um let's see now isn't We've ohio got... one of the states that that they're suing the governor's presumption of executive power to shut businesses down? Kind of, but there's also the uh, the uh, legislators have tried to put... Here's the thing. The governor's not actually using his executive powers to do a lot of these things. He's allowing the bureaucracies to do it. Oh. And some of the uh, lawmakers have decided to pass a law to keep the bureaucracies and the bureaucrats from doing this. And Governor DeWine has vetoed that. Oh, well, maybe they can override his veto. You you would think that it wouldn't work that way. You would think that when it comes to telling people you can't open a business and so on and so forth... You would think the presumption has to be on the side of the people and that the lawmakers would have to make a law allowing the bureaucracies to do it. Right. And maybe somebody will bring a suit on a constitutional level that actually establishes that. I sure hope so. And give it teeth by suing the governor and the bureaucracies for their overreach of power. Yeah. You know, by, by awarding monetary damages that that would be the best thing if if somebody brought suit and was awarded monetary damages then governors police forces and so forth would be a lot more reluctant to say oh Maybe. yeah i'm just gonna enforce a you know but, okay let's say they uh a bunch of people sue ohio and win uh-huh. the hell does governor dewine care it's not his money I'm sorry, no, but I want to no, see no, no. people go to jail it's, over this. Well, okay, it's not his money, but if the people who, if if it's the money of the police departments who actually arrested people, for example, for violating the order, if those police departments are forced to fork over money, the next time a governor tries to say, we're doing a shot, you know, issue an executive order, the police departments are going to be a lot more reluctant to enforce the order. I would that's hope what so, you want. But you want to I give don't it think teeth. I mean, I know that like, orders well, are minute. handed down, but where where do where would the buck stop? The beat cop doesn't care. He's not going to get sued. Um, so when he sees somebody walking too close together no, and he arrests them, no, so, but. 
but right, his, that goes back on the department. But the chief uh, does care. And so the maybe, chief would tell the beat cops, hey, guys, this is a, you know. By the time don't a worry lawsuit, about it. by the time a lawsuit uh, affected the police force, whoever was chief is going to be gone probably. Ah, uh, but uh, they, they would have I, memories. That, 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 there would be I, memories I, I really that. think, I, I think someone like work. Mike DeWine should go to jail for this. I just, I, I'm tired of seeing these people yeah, but do he, these terrible I mean, things to our economy. He, I know it's terrible that he's it. doing it, but it it would be hard to. I mean, he's he's saying, okay, I order this, but even though his order is not legally enforceable or constitutional, it would be hard to establish some specific law that he broke for which he could go to jail. Yeah, I know. I'm not I, saying I don't, it's, it's you know, possible. I think I'm the best way to get like a to see it is by awarding monetary damages. Well, at least the people who had their lives ruined would get something out of it. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. It, right now, we're at the same spot we were last week. Nobody's open. Uh, we can't go to church. And oh, they keep giving gosh. us two-week segments. They keep saying in two weeks we're going to reopen. In two weeks we're going to reopen. And now in Indiana, they keep putting it off. Restaurants are allowed to open tomorrow, which is kind of a shame because this is Mother's Day. By the way, happy mother, happy Mother's Day, all you oh, moms yeah, out there. Oh yeah, happy Mother's Day. This is Mother's Day, the biggest uh, sales day for restaurants. Yeah, out of the year, and they missed it. And they're going to open tomorrow. And they open tomorrow. Wow. Oh, man. that's <laughs> At least in Indiana, they open tomorrow. Now, here's the yeah, thing. Sure. Not all the restaurants are going to open tomorrow. Um, they're allowed to open. Some of them are going to stay shut for a little bit longer. Some have had to close their doors permanently, which is a real shame. I think there's some that are going to be going out of business, especially the, the franchises and the mom-and-pop yeah, restaurants. Yeah, the, the one-offs. Mm-hmm. But anyway, some will open tomorrow. But our our church is uh, Catholic churches uh, in our diocese are you know the, the bishop is giving guidance for when and how to open back up, and it's like they have to enforce like distance in the pews and stuff like that. Yeah. Our church is going to open. I think like at the end of May they're going to start allowing some people to come to masses, but. Mm-hmm. If you don't have your own personal bottle of hand sanitizer and a mask, you'll be turned away. Plus, you might get turned <laughs> away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. This this could actually be news from the nation of nonsense. Plus, you'd actually get turned away if, you, if they exceeded their capacity, which is like almost down to Why? a quarter of the normal capacity for the, yeah. for the it, church. This is Plus, so stupid. You're expected to use the hand sanitizer before and after communion. I don't know how they're going to do communion if everybody's wearing a mask. Yeah. Because you've got to move the mask you know, in order to receive communion. What? And you, you can't receive on the tongue. Distance? Huh? Oh, how yeah. How are you going to enforce social distance? Yeah. You're no, going to mask have... with the people you live with. <laughs> Why can't I sit with my wife? <laughs> well, and get this. Then for dismissal, they're dismissed one row at a time, and the oh, um, the lector or the priest is going to announce which row is dismissed. <laughs> My gosh. 
<laughs> I'm so, so stupid. I'm so glad that the bishop is extending the um um the dispensation dispensation because yeah. I I don't think I'm going to be I going to mass until they return like to normal. I, I just actually I I will continue I really to watch it to with my kids. We we watch it every week with my kids on TV and and you know listen to the gospel and and we stand for the gospel and for the consecration. Um, but uh, I, you know, and I really but, want to go to communion, though. I know. I just found out that it's there like, is a way for me to go to communion, and I think I'm going to try. Doing oh, really? That a couple times this week. Yeah. Where? Old scene. I'm. I don't know if I should say. Oh, okay. Well, don't. Think. I guess it's okay. Tell me privately. Yeah, Old St. Mary's. If you, they have. You can go during uh, these two hours. They're <clears throat> open, mm-hmm. and if you. If you're there when they open or you're there when they close, you can get communion. Oh, okay. Before you leave or when you get there. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's an Amazon truck. Is it like they're open for like private adoration or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like that. Okay. And at the opening and so, at the closing, they'll distribute communion. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. So I, I think I might would do something like that. Try to figure out a do that way to do that. I should have done it this morning, but I don't know. Um, you know, we're okay in the news. Uh, oh, Michael Please. Flynn is uh, the. They're going to drop the prosecution of Michael Flynn, even though he has pled guilty, in order to keep them from destroying his family after they already destroyed him. You know the whole thing with Michael Flynn has been really bothering me the fact that Trump allowed this to happen to him yeah that's kind of I keep thinking it's like Trump this is this guy's been loyal to you why are you mm-hmm. why are you not doing something I don't know what and I don't care about all the publicity step in there and do something and yeah. he hasn't done anything yet and it really bothers me maybe he will eventually maybe michael flynn will get some kind of huge reward for uh how he held out but Mm -hmm. it just it bothers me that he's walking away from this bankrupt and trump hasn't uh i don't know done something for him at least publicly yeah or maybe, maybe maybe he did do something privately. Maybe he maybe Trump's going to take care of him uh, yeah, financially on some level. Yeah, that's it. It could be that there's things that you know that it would be inappropriate for him to do officially as president. That he's right. nonetheless making sure gets done. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for the guy. Pray for that. Yeah. Um. Okay. A couple little things here. Um. The I guess an Apollo Group asteroid 2020 JJ passed um, 4,350 miles from Earth. Uh, I think that's the closest near-Earth object since uh, UN-13, which is, I think we did UN-13 last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So it was closer than... We had a close. Well, no, UN thirteen was uh, was closer, but it's almost as close. Oh, okay. So okay. Asteroid that came so pretty not close to Earth. Closer. I don't right. Know. But I don't think you could. I don't think you could have seen it with a telescope. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, asteroids are pretty small, you know. Yeah. Relatively. And it, it's, it's, I guess it's closer than Mars, but it's still, there's not much light out there. Right. Uh, let's see, European Southern Observatory announced the discovery of the closest black hole to Earth. Uh, HR 6819. Um, it's about a thousand light years away. I accidentally um, pulled my uh, wire out of the phone, so I didn't hear what you just said. Oh, okay. Um, by the way, uh, hold on. I, I'm going to step away for a minute. Okay. Uh, we discovered the closest, as of yet, the closest known uh, black hole, uh, HR 6819. Um, has a mass of four times that of our sun, and it is roughly about a thousand years light years away from us. Um, you know what? A thousand light years away, huh? I don't know. You're talking about the star? Oh, okay. You guys can't hear him. Uh, he's saying, how do you spell that, Dan? Okay, Alpha. Okay, Dan's question is, isn't Alpha Centauri uh, further away than that black hole? Which, and that's supposed to be our closest star, right? No. 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 It's four and a half light years away. The closest black hole is a thousand light years away. Yeah. Okay. But if you got to, um, okay, the mass is four times that of our sun. Right. What makes it a black hole? Is it the density? Yes. I'm back online, by the way, so people can hear me again. Okay. I stepped away. Uh, yeah, the, the, what makes it a black hole is, is the density. Um, the, the, when the star collapses to the point where the material is so densely packed together that it no longer is, it's no longer just material within a space, but it has become a, um, a single configuration of space-time. It's like a single particle now. Um, so as opposed to if, if with our sun, we've got mostly hydrogen and some other stuff. So you've got hydrogen atoms. And a black hole would be where those atoms get so packed in together that they stop becoming... They're no longer atoms. They're just a bunch of... A configuration of, of protons and neutrons? And they're electrons. not... They're not even individual protons, neutrons, and electrons. They're okay. not even... They're, there's no separation of protons and, and neutrons or anything like that. It's... It, they stop being identi an identifiable collection of mass. And they're just okay. this configuration of space-time that uh, causes extreme gravity around itself. So could you have... A black hole that's, say, the mass of the Earth? That's something that, um, you know, I've been listening to that titanium physics podcast, um, that oh, I told yeah. you about. And they talk about black holes a lot. And if I can, if, uh, they, they've talked about like, like small black holes and micro black holes and that kind of stuff. The thing is, a black hole that was like the mass of the Earth, would be like so tiny as to hardly have any effect on anything. Oh, you know, because that's okay, how dense yeah, they are. Because, okay. Um, well, that's the thing. When I hear them talk about, uh, I've listened to a couple of the shows, and they would talk about the size of black holes, but they 
they talk about it in terms of mass, but right. they still don't understand how big it. How, so how this act, what black is the hole actual that we've size? S- yeah, you know, I seen is is four times the mass of the sun. How big is that? Is that the size of my house, or is it the Let's, size of Earth? Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a black hole radius. Okay, so okay. one of the terms used for a black hole. So there's there's two things also, about a black hole. Also, is it when we when we talk about its size, are we talking about the uh, where the matter begins, or are we talking about the what do they call it? The event horizon. You're talking about the event horizon. So the way okay the way it, but but here's the thing the way it works is that if you if you think in terms of of density you say okay this is the density of a black hole and 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 I you know I'm I'm paraphrasing stuff that I've read this is the density of a black hole so much mass per cubic meter or whatever mm-hmm. um the event horizon okay the event horizon is represents the uh, volume, the the radius of the volume that the black hole would occupy if it were really matter occupying that amount of space. The amount of space needed for it to be a black hole. So the more massive the black hole is, the bigger the event horizon is. But in point of fact, the black hole stops being mass as such and so it, it's you know the the true size of it is almost like it's like it's almost infinitely dense and it's just this configuration of space-time super warping of space-time that causes massive gravity but the event horizon is that radius at which the gravity's effect of the black hole is such that you know light doesn't you know the escape velocity becomes greater than light at okay. that point also they, they call it they refer to it as the Schwarzschild radius but so there is a, once you get to the event horizon there's no difference between that and where the where the uh, actual matter is the center say say that again is that You've got the event horizon, which uh, that's where the light can no longer, the light cannot escape it at yeah. the event horizon. Right. Past the event horizon, or before the event horizon, light can get around it. But at the event horizon, light can no longer escape it. Right. But that is not what we count as where the matter begins. Right, because we, we don't but think of it But because it's not real matter, there's no... It's not like you reach a point where the matter does begin, correct? Yeah, exactly. Because of the it's, way it's like the whole okay. of space-time at the event horizon end is just like completely reconfigured. However, in order, okay. in terms of, of calculating that, you said how big did you say it was? Two suns, uh, two, uh, two and a half. It's uh, four times four times the mass of our sun. Okay, so. Uh, I, I've pulled up a black hole radius calculator. So think wow. of think of our sun, four of them packed into a um, a ball that is only 14 miles across. That's a small ball. Yeah, for a sun. That's that's the radius of that black hole. Okay. 
four of our sons. 14. I mean, that's like, you know, that's what. Twice, Is that the like, size of the event horizon? Yes, that's the Schwarzschild radius. The, How it's did seven, we see it's that? Seven point three miles is the is the radius so across, all the way across it's 14.2 miles but how did we see that probably because it's a thousand it's, light years away probably because of its lensing effect on on background stars and stuff yeah that's amazing it is amazing the, the sensitivity of our astronomical observations is yeah truly incredible um that is all the news i got Okay, well, I've got a few things from the Nation of Nonsense. Um, A worker, a cemetery worker was trapped in a grave in New Jersey. (laughs) Apparently, he was inside the grave measuring it. Uh, The eight-foot deep grave caved in, pinning him up to his knees in dirt. He was trapped for um, about a... um, half hour until people found them uh i guess they're supposed to normally use some shoring of the walls when they're digging it and stuff Thing yeah. is, i i didn't i thought i thought they used equipment for that stuff i didn't i didn't realize people actually stepped down into those i wouldn't think you would have to actually get down and measure down at the bottom couldn't you just measure the top yeah oh wait and, a minute and make sure well it's maybe straight. he was at the top and it caved in and he fell in because says he was working how, when the sides of the eight-foot deep cave caved in, pinning him up to his knees in dirt. Yeah, but, okay, uh, you've been to a, a little cliff side where the river has washed uh, out the uh, yeah, this sand. Says, according to the sergeant, you stand there, he you're decide- on top, and suddenly you're inside it. Yeah, according to the sergeant that uh, I guess was on the scene, uh, the guy decided to jump into the grave, even though there wasn't any shoring on it. Oh, so well, that was dumb. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I have a fear of being buried alive, and yeah. so that's why I made my family promise to cremate me when I'm dead. Well, you know, the embalming process also guarantees that you won't be alive when you're yeah, buried. Yeah, I know, but I want to be. You're afraid sure. they'll skip that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, his pleas Some... for help were heard by coworkers who called a rescue crew. Um, from a situation that has prompted nightmares for many throughout the U.S., taphophobia is described as an irrational fear of being buried alive. So now you have a name for your fear. Yeah. Although your fear might not be irrational. No, it's not. That guy was buried alive. He, he was up to his knees at least. See, it can happen. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we went and visited, um, graves. Uh, I, I can't visit my family's graves because they're in Cincinnati. But we visited Terry's family's graves, her mom's and her grandparents on both her mom's and dad's and her grandparents on both sides for Mother's Day. So something people might want to think about, uh, visiting graves on special days is a good way to remember death and, and keep in mind your own um, inevitable uh, death. Uh, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to do that anyway. Right. All right. <clears throat> New York City man. I've never visited a grave. Really? I've visited Granny yeah. Bees and Grandpa Braden's, and I've visited Grandma really? Engels. You know they're not there. They're not there? I don't understand it. They're what? not there. Visiting graves? It's it's right. where their bodies were interred. I know, but they're not there anymore. Well, I know. They've decomposed, and but, uh, their soul's not there. Well, I'll no. just say a prayer. 
yeah, you you visit the grave, you say a prayer, you you, but you also remember your own death. I could do that from my house. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I it's never also a genealogy understood. thing. <laughs> oh well, okay, yeah. But it's you know it it used to be a, a I mean for a lot of people it's a tradition to do things like like uh, put flowers on certain times of the year. Um, you know, for yeah. veterans might bring flowers on on Memorial Day and stuff like that. Uh, it's just something people do. It's a way. Uh, it's a way of remembering. And to me, it makes more sense than going out and putting like you know you see those memorials like on the highways where somebody died in a crash or something like that. It's kind of yeah. like that, but but I think a little bit more. Um, uh, I don't Catholic. know, dignified. I, yeah, I'm Catholic. I don't know, whatever. Anyway. Uh, New right. York New York City man finds a body in a taped-up freezer. Uh, he found a decomposed body in the freezer while cleaning out his dead mother's New York City apartment last week. Wow. The freezer had been sealed with duct tape. <laughs> body appeared to have been stored there for at least 10 years. It was so ten decayed... Years in a... Wow. It was so decayed the authorities couldn't even determine the sex. They're investigating uh, the identities, whether it could be... Um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, a man found the in, in the freezer while cleaning out his dead mother's de- apartment. I guess they they think it might be the the mother's mother, dad. the guy's grand grandma. Wow, that's... Uh, uh, hmm. yeah. Did Jason ever tell you about the freezer they found... Um, Let's see. Who was that? Jason or Greg? Where? I think it was Greg, actually. He worked at uh, Harbor Freight, and behind there, they came down, and there was a there was a freezer there, like a, a deep freeze uh-huh. thing. And they opened it, and it was full of dead, rotting, exotic animals. Wow. Like, like snakes, snakes and, and lizards and stuff like that. Giant things, Yeah. It was, uh, huh. I think there was a monkey in there, he said, some dogs. and So somebody had like some kind of exotic animal business that they were doing and decided they had to close up shop, didn't know what to do with the I animals guess. and just locked them all in there, hopefully killing them first. Yeah, that's weird though. That is weird, that's bizarre. Not as bizarre as finding a person in your mom's freezer. Right, you know, you know who found a, uh, you know Casey? Uh, yeah. He was, uh. He was, he caught a dumpster diving when he was a kid. He was like, he's like eight or nine years old and mm-hmm. they found a skull. Oh, wow. A human skull in oh, a goody. dumpster. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. I was watching the news and I look up and I'm like, dude, that's Casey. <laughs> that's <laughs> So he, you saw it on the news. This skull. Before he told you or anything, or you heard it from his right, brother or I anything. I saw it. I was like, that looks like <laughs> that's Casey. A, that's my cousin. What's he doing? <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, scientists have solved the mis- have, have somewhat solved a mystery of a, uh, well, a mystery that I never knew existed, but apparently there are these snails that live like in the hot, like super hot water vents in, in the ocean and stuff, like like basically underwater volcanoes. And, okay. Um, there's one in particular uh, called the Scalyfoot Snail, uh, which lives in extremely hot temperatures. And these scientists um, 
were looking at the genome and they didn't really discover any specific new genes, but what they discovered was that there's a certain protein in these snails that is like massively overpresent in these snails versus other snails that makes the snail more makes an, an animal uh, an organism um yeah. more tolerant to metal ions and so they're thinking that this the the massive amounts of this protein make the snail um more tolerant to iron ions so that iron gets incorporated into this into the shell and I guess into the the foot at the the you know the opening yeah, end even of the, the shell. Foot. I'm looking at pictures of it. This is freaky. It is freaky, isn't it? And and um, I guess this you know makes it uh, able to survive this this massive heat. I guess it also makes it able to survive impacts pretty well too apparently yeah i think so, <laughs> so like I, wolverine I, we were i was just thinking we were talking about genetic engineering before and genetic manipulation i mean what what if you could do like what a wolverine style thing you know <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so yeah post a picture of that on on or a link to a picture don't don't post make it so that people can link because it's pretty freaky looking yeah um Okay, the last one. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> Los Angeles uh, police officer. Uh, okay, it's reported from Los Angeles, but but it actually happened in in uh, Utah. I guess there was a car that was um, you know weaving all over the road. The the highway patrolman pulled the car over. It was a, a SUV, and turned out that it was being driven by a five year old. Who, an SUV? Yeah. Being driven by a five-year-old who had left home after got, getting into an argument with his, his mom when his mom <laughs> refused to buy him a Lamborghini. <laughs> so he thought he'd drive to California and buy one himself. <laughs> Kids say the darndest things. And do them, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's all I've got. Okay. I used to work at, uh, I was a dispatcher for this uh, limousine company. Well, I was a dispatcher and the the guy who owned the dispatching company would do various dispatching for various companies. Oh, okay. So, um, one of them was a limousine company Mm -hmm. and some... uh, 10 year old had called up she was going to run away and she wanted a limousine to take her she wasn't sure where yet but she wanted to order a limousine so that she could run away it was a great call I recorded it but I I forgot to get a copy of it before I left I wish That's I had too it. bad. It funny. So, what did you it actually so did? Funny. Did you get, did you go, did you talk her out of it, or did you get the address and send a police? We <laughs> we talked for a little while, and I think she finally said she wouldn't run away just yet. Oh, okay. But it was yeah, it was yet. hilarious. <laughs> the conversation itself was great. You have to keep from laughing so that she doesn't get upset, hang up on you, and run yeah, away. Yeah, anyway. because she's talking about. You know, she's using names of people. He did this, and he said that, and I'm like, okay, I don't know. 
<laughs> it was classic kid stuff. Yeah. All right. Okay. <clears throat> so that's we're all done. that's it. Yeah. Almost two hours. Um, yeah. I didn't think we'd go that long, but um, all right. Well, folks, think about what we said and circle as the beads. Always, yep. Circle the beads and uh, say another extra one for Mother's Day. And that's uh, right. We'll see you next week. And if you haven't told your mom Happy Mother's Day yet, uh, you know, you better get on that. Yeah, do that. You're already late. Bye, guys. <laughs>